Blog Talk Radio. After the death of Solomon, God divided the kingdom of Israel into two houses. There were ten tribes in the northern kingdom known as the Lost Tribes of Israel. They were cast out into the world because of their great sin against God. However, God promised in the last days He would gather these lost tribes back to Israel before the return of our Lord. Unknowingly, some of the churches made up of these lost tribes known as the house of Ephraim. God is now calling them to prepare to come back home to the land He gave our fathers. The call to prepare has been sounded. Ephraimites and Shalom. This is your host, Mark Reinbold, and this is the House of Ephraim show today. We do have with us from Mount Carmel, Illinois, Prophet Tom Deckard. But first, a word from our announcers. And now, from Cradle of Hope are some important announcements for you. This month, from Cradle of Hope is a must-have gift offer, the transition of the church. God has transitioned the church since the days of the book of Acts. Don't miss out on this last and greatest move of God. Jesus Christ is returning for a church full of power and glory. This transition will bring the church forward. Send a gift of $25 or more. Call today and get free shipping if you ask for the Transition of Church gift offer. Call 618-262-2810 or go online at jewishprofit.com. Send a gift of $25 or more and ask for the Transition of the Church gift offer. Hey, welcome back in this show. It's Mark Reinbold. Got a couple announcements to make before we get going here with our great, great show we have in, in store for you. I just want to remind everyone that we do have a website, www.jewishprofit.com. That's www.jewishprofit.com. And for all you uh, new people out there, maybe the first time, that you've been on, please check that website out. You're going to find out who we are, and you're going to get a hold of a lot of material that you've never seen before. And you want to check that material out because you're going to start to learn the Word of God. And I'm telling you what, what a great opportunity that is. We also have a quarterly coming up here, and you can get more information about that by clicking on the itinerary button on the front page there in the upper left-hand corner and find out what the quarterly and where it's going to be. It's going to be over in Fairfield, Illinois out what we call lovingly the corn patch, and you can be a part of that and begin to learn the material straight from the throne room of God. And I'm telling you what, that is a great opportunity, folks. So grab a hold of this and begin to prepare and to plan and get yourself down here and find out for yourself what's going on, and you can become part of this last day move of God, the House of Ephraim. And again, you can get all that information out at the website, www.jewishprofit.com. We also have fellowships available online. So, you know, if you're out there and you don't have a local fellowship or, or you want to begin to learn about the material and begin to plug in with the material, not only do we have this blog every day, but we also have fellowships available online. That's via Ustream.tv, and we have one on Friday night. I teach one myself Friday night. You can become part of that. There's also a Wednesday midweek service. And we teach only the prophet's material so that you're assured of learning the right material at the right time. What an opportunity, again, that all is. So, again, if you don't already have a fellowship in your area or you just are interested in learning more about what's going on, please consider joining up with that. 
and you can get more information just by emailing us at cradle at jewishprofit.com. That's cradle at jewishprofit.com. And just say, hey, I'd like to sign up for that Shabbat service that Mark was talking about, and certainly love to get you hooked up. If you want to do it just by the telephone, we can do that also. And you can give the office a call, 618-262-2810, and find out more about that also. Like I said earlier, we do have with us from Mount Carmel, Illinois, Prophet Tom Decker. Now, we know that the spirit of Anasa always shows up when we insist on walking by our sense knowledge, and it always does, instead of God's Word. It always shows up then. It, it has never changed. You can look in Numbers 13, 27, 28, 31 through 33, and that will uh, uh, give you uh, enough to chew on there. Now, Christ set us free. We know that. I mean, I, I don't think there's enough to be said about the fact of, of Him setting us free. You and I are perfect because of Him. It's got nothing to do with you and I. It's like I said, I, I wish that, 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 I, that I was a great orator of God's Word, and, and somehow, but somehow if I was, you know what would happen? Uh, then we'd be into the show business, and then we'd try something that, that we shouldn't be into. But the only thing that I know is I can teach the Word of God. I can do it by Word and by the anointing, and by doing that, then I can, I can not only show you, but I can demonstrate to you that it really works. And, I, and that's really what it's all about. But it, it's, all, it's all because I learned how to do what? I learned how to take the one of the Holy One of Israel, to take His name, the name of Yeshua. I learned how to take the Word and let the Word deliver me first. Somebody one time said to me, well, just about how long do you think it's going to take before I start really hearing God's Word for other people? I said, oh, I said, uh, that's not too hard. I said, oh, oh, I don't know, eight, ten years. So well, I don't want to spend eight or ten years. Well, don't. Most of you didn't. That's the reason most of you in the mess you're in right now, as a matter of fact. It's because you didn't take the time to have learned. What you did, you jumped off into something, and it swamped you. Because you see, that's the way people wonder how I discern those things. Let me let me share with you. Somebody comes up, or is silly enough to stand up in one of our services and begin to prophesy. And what I do is the spirit world opens up and I see the inside of you. And I see whether or not you have paid the price to stand to do that. And you know out of a hundred people about how many I, I actually see crossing the United States to do that? Out of every hundred, about two. About two has paid enough price to stand and do that. The rest of them, it's just a game to let somebody say, oh, look at such and such. And do you know what I've seen in every case? It's the very ones that do all the thus saith the Lord, and God's told me this and God's told me that, are the very ones that bless God that end up being basket cases. Every time. Same thing. You know what it is? And, and, and people say, well, why don't you tell us? Because your flesh can't stand me telling you. Now, if you stand up in one of my services and you shoot your mouth off and, and the prophecy's not, not right, I'll tell you to shut up and sit down, as my story's been, so quick your eyeballs will cross, because we don't need that. But when people, when people begin to take upon themselves, and, and, you know, where, and, and God shows me right where your growth is at. When I look into the supernatural, God shows me where your growth is at. That's the reason I keep saying to people, don't waste your time, but tell, try to tell me how super how spiritual you are. 
If you don't think I don't know where you're walking, then you don't need to be here. Okay? Because I know where you're walking. And the sad part of it is, most of you in this room, don't. if you knew what I know about where you're walking, you wouldn't be shooting your mouth off about all this other stuff that you shoot your mouth off at. That's probably Jesus calling right there. No, that's all right. That's all right. Dear God, today's the day of the cell phone. You know what I mean? <laughs> when I was a kid, we didn't even have a telephone in our home. I remember when we got one, you had to call the operator. And the operator would say, yes, Tom, who do you want? I want my grandfather. Oh, just a minute. Plug you in. You talk to your grandfather. And I come from a small town of about 700 people, so everybody knew. And, and the switchboard operator knew everybody. My folks moved me when I was 15 years old to Colorado, and, and I called back here to talk to my grandmother. And, 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 you know, when they'd answer the phone, the operator would and say, can I help you? And I'd say, yes, I'd like, oh, well, Tom, how you doing? <laughs> Those days are long over, aren't they? Somewhere we miss something there, do we? Praise be to God. Grow up. That's what God wants us to do. But see, uh, and what I'm trying to do all this weekend is at least get you in to, and ha to a possibility, the possibility thinking that maybe it may be possible. Now, some of you just cannot fathom the fact that you're out in front of God. And I know that. Because you see, this super-duper ego that goes on in here is not a God either. All right? Because they, those, kind of, those kind of spirits have never been humbled. There's no humility there. Humility in people will receive and seek God until they find out whether it is them or not. People come and say, well, is that me? I said, you fast about 30 days and you'll find out. If you really want to know, you fast and pray 30 days, 21, 30 days, God will come and he'll reveal himself and you'll know whether that's you or not. But you see the people that think that, oh, that there's nothing can be done for those people that believe that they have arrived and all he's talking about. And this is what happens when a familiar spirit's in operation. Well, it's everybody in the room, but it's not me. You know what, a, you want, what the real humble spirit does? It's always them. I can always tell after every meeting that I do that gets into this kind of... And this is a tough word here, folks. This isn't, this isn't your local Sunday school class. This is downright a word from a prophet that you've gotten this weekend. And, and and so it, it's always the ones that never the ones that is never is the one saying, Brother Decker, I you know I I said don't it's not you. The ones that it always is the ones that always go right out the door thinking, well, is everybody there but me? Because I'm the one that did arrive. Wrong spirit. That's not a spirit of humility. You see, we've got there's so much that I want to teach you, and it's so difficult every quarter to come to set you down and try to get you to learn. That I, I, I don't have any idea how many years it's going to take for me to get through the things that I need to say. I need to teach you. Because, folks, you've got to be taught. This doesn't come, well, Brother Deckard, this is me and the Holy Ghost. You and the Holy Ghost and me are here today. Okay? And you're being taught by the Holy Ghost, but you're being taught by the Holy Ghost through this prophet. And if you've got to the point where all you need to do is get before God, and you're, you're already been overtaken by a familiar spirit if you think that's all you need, okay? Because it doesn't work that way. So please, I know I've hammered on that hard this morning, but I want you to, I love you. That's the reason I'm going to, I'm telling you the truth. There's some real potential sitting here, folks, and I know that. There's some of you that are sitting here truly will see the dead raised one of these days. But you're not going to, you're not going to be a, a worth a bottle of tea. And that's what I kind of made to say that. I forgot to wear my shirt this morning. Huh? They gave me a shirt. I found it at the hotel door in one of the cities, sitting on top of some water. 
It's in a triangle. It's a black T-shirt, and it's in a triangle, and it says, Piss me off at your own risk. Now, who would give me a shirt like that? Somebody seemed to think they know my temperament, right? So I, I, I meant to wear it this morning. Show it to you, because I, I'll go and I say, so someone will come up and, and, and uh, uh, just a minute, I go, here it is, folks. Just putting it back up. So I don't know, you know. And somebody said, well, that's not very nice there. I said, no, no, piss is in the Bible. Piss is against the wall. It's scriptural. Thank you. Well, you've got to have a few light moments, right? And listen, folks, if you could have been there through the years that I struggled. The, 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 I'm not perfect. I've never been perfect. never will be perfect till that day. I struggled. I had to be beaten over the head. That old prophet, honest to God, I thought he, I, honest to God, did you ever hear me tell about the day that I quit? I had all I wanted. Been there all about six months, and I don't mean that old man had just, he was after me. And I knew he was after me. He never talked to anybody else in the congregation like he talked to me. And I finally, I finally decided that's it. This isn't love. And I sold some discord with a couple of the brothers. And I went home. And I told, I said, well, I'm not, we're not going back there. I said, that's not love. God would not want me somewhere where I'm not being loved. And I said, I quit. Now I had lunch. I had to go into the bedroom and get on my face and have my afternoon prayers and I did, and all of a sudden I heard the voice of God say to me, say, when you go back this evening to church, I said, God, God, I'm not going back, and I know, I know that you don't want me to go back because that old man doesn't have no love in him. He said, when you go back to church this evening, he said, I want you to go to the prophet and beg his forgiveness. I said, God, that old man treats me like dirt now. Why would I want to go back? And, and, and he said, oh, and, and by the way, after you finish before service begging his forgiveness, then I want you to go before the congregation and beg their forgiveness for coming against their prophet and your prophet. I said, God, you intend to let that old man treat me like this? He said, I have set you under that old man to break you like a racehorse, a thoroughbred. And he said, you're there and you're staying there, and that's all there is to it. Go back, beg his forgiveness. Oh, I'd rather, I'd rather, I would rather have been beaten with a two before. He smiled. Oh, he had a way. He'd go, well, Brother Deckard, I see you at last have heard from God. Oh, I could just scream. He said, yes, son, you're forgiven. By all means, you're forgiven. Now, he said, is there anything else? I said, well, there's one small item. I've got, I've, I've got to ask if I can take the podium for a moment and ask the folks to forgive me that I came against you. Oh, excellent idea. <laughs> and then he would always say, Brother Decker, deliverance comes in a lot of packages. You know, two or three applications of me humiliating myself in front of those people. You know what that thing I said, you got to stop thinking things and call things, stop! I just screamed, stop it! I don't want to hear that! I love that old man! 
I got tired of going in front of them people, and they'd see me. They know what I, I was going to apologize for something. So I quit out of the necessity that it was embarrassing the socks out of me. But it was bringing something to my life, wasn't it? You see, I, well, I think I was telling John, I, I, in that, that church, there was, a, there was an elder. This guy could pray 20 minutes and say nothing. Nothing! The old man, inevitably, would let him close the service. And I kept thinking, why would he let that guy... And he would even repeat himself. If he couldn't think of anything else to say, he'd go back and say something he said in the first five minutes. I'm sitting there, oh, 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 put us to sleep, oh, hum, oh, hum, sleep, oh, hum. So I decided that I was going to get before God, and I was going to stop this thing. So I got before God, and I said, God, we don't need that. That guy don't need to get up there. That, that's not of you, what he's speaking everywhere. He needs help. The Lord spoke to me, and he said, no, 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 no. He said, I have permitted him to do that so you could love him. Love him? He said, well, you don't love him. He said, he's doing the best he can do. He said, sure, maybe he's redundant. Sure, maybe he's too long. Sure, maybe he doesn't know all what's going on there. But he said, he's praying to me. He said, learn to love him, son. So God placed that elder there to bring deliverance in my life. And I'm going to tell you what, it took a while. Every time he'd get up, I'd go, oh, and I'd go, shut up, mine. Love him, love him, love him. And you know, before it was over, in about a year, I walked up to him, put my arms around his neck, and I said, brother, I want to thank you for being an elder, and I want to thank you for your prayers over my family and this congregation. <laughs> Man, I wouldn't have done that the first time I prayed to God. Put him in the dark, Lord. That guy needs to just get out of here. And God put him there for me. <laughs> Oh, boy. So you see, deliverance comes in a lot of different packages, doesn't it? And God is always delivering us from ourselves. See, we get to thinking that we're God's little gift to get you all where you need to go. No, no. God's our gift to get us delivered. All of us. Those little things that goes on in your life that aren't God, that's what this is about, folks. That's what God's trying to do for you. Every person sitting here today has got things in their lives they don't need there. But you're not hearing the voice of God. What you're doing is hearing a familiar spirit draw you over here in a fantasy world of a great ministry. And God doesn't have great ministries when there's lust and when there's all the things going on in your life that's going on. There's no great ministry to be had. It's, it's not going to happen like that. And yet somehow we have let that spirit lie to us so long that, that, that we believe it. Why not? Because we all want to be, unfortunately, okay, our place man, unfortunately, until we have been humble enough, unfortunately, wants to be high and lifted up. And it's not being high and lifted up. There's only one that's that, and that's the Lord himself. So our, our goals or our roles in this thing are a whole lot different than we have either been told or somehow taught or somehow think. Our role in this thing is, is, is to learn, is to be students of God's Word, continual students. I know people come up, and I, I had somebody uh, uh, just, I think, a week or two ago that had been uh, saved, filled with the Holy Ghost for four years, and decided they were going to correct me about 
uh, about uh, bless God. And this guy was a Catholic, and he was correcting me uh, that I that everybody that wasn't a Catholic was going to hell. Now that was, of course, you can smile because you're all smarter than that. And so, and so, here's a guy that's four years old, and I guess he thinks for the past 38 years what I've done, I've just sat around and looked at the wall. I don't think that there's anybody who will ever be any more of a student of God's Word than this prophet right here. I study it day and night. I used to take it to bed with me, turn it on, and listen to it. Night after night after night. went on for years that way. Bless God, you have to become a student of the Word. And you see, when you, when you begin to understand being a student then brings you to the place of the fasting, the prayer, brings you to the place of understanding that the only thing you're really interested in, that your real ministry is you and your family. That's what your real ministry is. It will always be that. Because what good is it going to do to save the world and to lose your family? Isn't that what the Scripture talks about? What good is it going to be? You say, well, I can't do anything with my family. No, you don't even have to say anything to your family. It's going to be by the Spirit and not by power and not by might and not by your words in any way, shape, or form. They're going to see. See, it's the same thing that I keep saying over and over and over and over and over again, that, that when we get ourselves in line, people are going to see. They're going to want what we have when they begin to look at it. But let me tell you something they're not going to want. They're not going to want to be part of what we're doing if we've got them down to trying to bring them into the orthodoxy, to the Talmud. They're not going to do that. Why? Because they're smarter than that. They left bondage. Some of them won't be smarter because some of them think it's a new game in town, all right? Now, <clears throat> God chose you for good, not bad. And that's important for you to know. Now, let, I want to look in Ephesians, the first chapter. I've done a lot of talking this morning, not a lot of word. Ephesians. Turn there with me quickly. We're going to shortly cause this thing to, to subside. The book of Ephesians, the first chapter. 4 and 5. Ephesians 1, 4. According as He has chosen us in Him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before Him in love. It's all said, isn't it? Having predestinated us under the adoption of children by Jesus Christ to Himself according to the good pleasure of His will. So we need to understand that, bless God, that, that, that we should be holy without blame before Him in love. To be holy without blame. Now, what does holiness, in, uh, what does it entail? It's very simply, holiness is that of God's Word on the inside of us. That's the reason uh, when, we, when we put the use God's Word, that, that's the reason that you can't do this. And somehow we have thought because we prayed the right prayer that we had, you know, everything's going to be okay. And we're only going to pray one prayer, and we're delivered of everything. And, 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 and bless God, we're all growing up, and we're ready for this, and we're ready for that. And when we had to get honest with ourselves, we weren't. So holiness is an ongoing, and if you're taking notes, put this down. Holiness is an ongoing situation that you have with God from the very concept of Christ coming into your life until you enter into heaven itself. And through that concept, it amounts to you growing day by day, week by week, month by month, and year by year. In other words, the process is ongoing. What we get to thinking is that, you know, I don't know how many of you have ever been around the old holiness uh, Pentecostal movement. 
But that's where where all the gals, if you had, you know, long, uh, short hair, you couldn't, you had to have long hair, you had to have, you know, your your uh, sleeves had to be uh, down to your wrists, your ankle length on your dresses, uh, no makeup. You just look terrible, girls, okay? And uh, I know, I, I, I've been involved with them, so I can talk about this. But the fact of it is, we couldn't convince people that we were holy because we dressed holy. See, God judges what the purpose and the intent of the heart. So when it comes to the holiness thing, it involves whether or not that you're taking care of what's in your life now. That's the reason I tell ministry. Before you go out and get into ministry, the first thing you need to be certain of is you have gotten yourself delivered from everything that you can possibly think about that you need delivered from. That's the first thing you want to do. Because if you don't, it's going to end up running over you like a Mack truck. You're going to have all the problems that you need just trying to serve God and all the things that are going to come at you for the ministry's sake without having that for darkness to play with. How does dark? There's no, because they're there. They're with you. They're familiar with you. See, that's the reason when we studied angels and we found out that, 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 that bless God, there's a hundred trillion angels out there. I think that was the number. That, bless God, that, that, that there's all kind of spirits of darkness out there. And those spirits of darkness are assigned to you because they have lingered and been in your family for centuries and generations. And we went through that, and I hope you, some of you have spoken to me about, well, I want delivered to some of this stuff that that I know that was passed down to my grandmother or my mother or somebody, my father, or somebody's had. And we will, that will happen for you here this day. But the, the key is to realize that you must do all that you can do. In other words, in other words, you're not ever going to be perfect to go into ministry, but there are some things that bless God that are required. And it's required of you to get all the ducks in a row that you can get in a row. Now, how long is that going to take? Well, for you folks that think that it only took you a year or two, then there was a great deception of a familiar spirit that came into your life because it's not going to take a year or two. Like I said, uh, some, somewhere, oh, if you talk ten years, that's not out of hand. That's not out of hand, and that, that's not out of hand at all. Eight, ten years. And yet we've got more people that went to uh, four or five meetings, bought, bought the books, got the tapes, in four or five years, they're out here trying to be preachers. Now, what's wrong with that? Just exactly what I've explained to you this morning. Familiar spirit come in, steal, kill, destroy, and bless God, the next thing you know, this preacher that had an anointing that would one day raise the dead is back out into the world, not going in any way, shape, or, or form toward God. Now, who won? Darkness won. So that's a preacher that's out of the way. Most ministers... Uh, are so, so much of, of, of non-effect. People come to me and say, well, Brother Dagger, when, when do you think that, you know, that uh, anoint me, lay hands on me so I can start seeing miracles happen? Well, I'm not in the business to, to give you the anointing for miracles and healing. He is. And do you know how you get that? Listen. Are you listening? You earn it. That's the way it comes. You earn it. You show God that you are trustworthy. You show God that you're willing to lay that things out of your life and, and, and come into humility and love and walk in holiness. 
every day of your life. And if you're willing to do that, sooner or later, that gifting will come into your life. Why? Because, because it tells us in the 12th chapter of 1 Corinthians, covet the better gifts. Covet those better gifts. And if you begin to begin to do that, you'll begin to sit. But you see, again, I mentioned, I think, earlier this weekend, and most of you, or a lot of you raised your hands, that you've been in services where somebody came to town as an evangelist and, 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 and he was ever, all anointed. Everybody was going to leave there all anointed that, that, that night or that weekend. And the fact of it is, we went and we left, and we were no more anointed than we were when we went in to sit down before the meeting started. And what was that about? There was nothing but a lie. Deception. But see, what we've done, we have, most of what I think has happened is, the ministry themselves couldn't produce the works of God. So what they had to do was begin to play a game, okay? And the game was, well, we can, we can, we can anoint you to be all anointed. Now, the greatest fallacy behind that is simply this. There was and will only be one all-anointed one. His name's Yeshua. The reason we all have portions of his anointing is it causes us to have to depend upon each other. My anointing does a lot of things, and I know that. But there are some things my anointing won't do. But your anointing could possibly do what mine doesn't do. If you and I are working together and we work properly together, bless God, we'll be able to, to say, okay, let's see, a brother, uh, and I'm going to use the name Smith, I don't think there's anybody here but Smith today. Brother Smith, uh, you have an anointing for such and such. I want you to come and pray. This this person here needs that yoke destroyed uh, by that anointing. Come pray. What's that about? Well, I don't want somebody doing that. That'll upstage me. I'm going to tell you something. If you feel that way, you've lost already. See, that's the reason we're trying to bring the fivefold ministry. This this organization is going to produce apostles, prophets, pastors, evangelists, and teachers. We're going to train them. They're going to be trained properly. The pastors don't run the churches. The pastors oversee the flock and feed them. That's what they do. The apostle has the governments of the church. We've got people running around here thinking that they're apostles and, and, and bless God, they're just greater than anything that's out there. No, they're one-fifth of the fivefold ministry, just as the prophets are. You've got the prophets. We're the mouthpieces of God. We're the guidance system for, for, for the people on the face of this earth. You've got the pastors, as we talked about. You've got the evangelists which come, and if they're good enough, and they've got the anointing of God's really an evangelist, he'll make every person in the room and, and, and look into their own hearts about whether or not their salvation is true. You ever been around a good evangelist? That's what he'll do. When he gets done, you're thinking, man, that's his anointing. He's not deep in the Word, not, not meant to be. Anytime an evangelist tries to get into too much Word, the anointing wanes. It doesn't work right. Okay? Same thing, I don't know how many times I've been around people and said, well, you know, I don't know what happened. Last night things went well, and, and Brother Deckard, tonight the, the anointing didn't flow. I said, I'll tell you why. You got out of your office. You got out of your office. You tried You tried to, to, to jump over into the prophetic office, and you're not a prophet. You're an evangelist. You stay over there in that office, God can let the anointing move. You try to jump over into this office, and bless God, what do you do? You end up losing that's what happens to you. So, in essence, familiar spirits can cause you to believe that you can be this and this. I, you know, I've had apostles say, well, I'm a, I'm a prophet. Well, no, you're capable of operating and understanding that office, but you're not a prophet. You're not a pastor, you're not a teacher, and you're not an evangelist. You're an apostle. 
you have the governments of the church and you understand how to govern the church because you have understanding of those offices. Okay? Somebody understand that? They're not all of that. But they do have the governments and they understand. See, I have an apostolic anointing to be able to build churches. I build them all over the world. I understand the governments, okay? But I'm not an apostle. My people say, oh, he's an apostle. Yes, I build churches. Yes, I build. I am a prophet of God. And if I could have found me a good apostle, maybe God wouldn't have made me done that. Okay? But you see, I, and I think uh, for me, I, I'm excited because I believe that this movement, this last movement of God on this earth, is going to finally let us operate correctly into that into the fivefold ministry. I think finally we're going to do that. But folks, we can't do that fragmented. We can't do that out here running around thinking that all of a sudden God's going to, a big light's going to come down and everybody in your area is going to see you as the great one. It's not going to happen like that. It's going to happen because we're going to come together and we're going to labor together. We're going to truly labor together. Well, let's go on. Let me close up here. Now, when you get down into this thing, God cares, and you have to understand that, He cares for you. He cares for me. And since you know that He cares for us, then you ought to not care one iota what you say or anyone says to you, I mean, anymore that's contrary to the Word. Don't even care about it. Reject it. Like I said, you get into the rejection part, you reject it. First Peter 5, 7, Philippians 4, 6 through 7. Then I want you to write down Philippians 4, 13, John 15, 7. 2 Corinthians 2.14, James 4.7-8. Promises to us, the battle with, with circumstances, with Satan, Jesus fixed the fight so you and I could win. And John 14.12 would be the end of the Scripture that I want to use. Where do you and I stand in this last day? Only you can answer that question for yourself. But what I want you to do, and hopefully you will do, and especially those of you that have a long drive to go back to your homes, will, will meditate on the fact of where really am I in accordance with what the prophet spoke today. Have I, have I jumped into this thing? Or am I truly, am I truly delivered in the areas of my life that he talked about needing to be delivered in. Because like I said, the darkness loves to get you out in front of God. Because once you get out in front of God, now listen to me, once you get out in front of God, you walk out from under that protection of God. Why? Because you're out of God's will. You're going the wrong direction. And then all this hell will break loose and things will come and you're crying Jesus and nothing happens. It's because you missed the mark. Now, now, will God bring you back? Yes, 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 yes. You repent. But see, most of us don't understand repentance. God knows I need to do a whole thing about repentance for you. Did you need to, but there is a penalty to pay for what you did wrong. See, you're forgiven, but there's still a penalty to pay. And that's the reason people say, well, I repented. A whole hum. That's what you should have done. In time... God will do what? God, God doesn't stay angry forever. God, God will, you know, He's merciful, and His mercies will endure forevermore. But let me tell you something. 
You better thank God that he's God and it's in his hands to be long-suffering. Because some of you have got things going on in your lives that you know... <laughs> oh, Jesus, let's don't start on that. That you know aren't right. And here you are trying to do what? Who do you think you're trying to convince here today? The person sitting next to you? You think you're trying to fool God? You're not fooling God. You've got to understand something. God wants you to be delivered. He wants you to walk in holiness. Isn't that what we just read about? Holiness and love. That's what He wants us to do. And some of you, bless God, you know, well, I've been, you know, I've been set, I got prayed for and I got, I did this and I did that. Well, maybe you got prayed for, but let me tell you something. And if there's one thing that I have learned through the years, it's one thing to be delivered or healed, and it's another thing to keep that deliverance or that healing. And if you're not properly taught how, guess what? You're going to lose it most of the time. Most of the time, you're going to lose it because why? The moment that you say that you are, then Satan goes before the Lord God and says, let the heads down. I'm going to show you they don't believe what you what they just said they believe. God's got no alternatives. You said it. He believes that you must believe it or you wouldn't have said it. Let the heads down. In comes Satan and he steals from you the deliverance or the healing. It's gone. If you don't know how to combat that in the supernatural realm, you're going to lose it. That's the reason. See, and then we get in one of these things of thinking, well, nobody knows that I, you know, that that thing come back on me. Uh, well, maybe nobody knows, but the problem of it is you do. Well, I'm talking directly at some of you today. Please understand God loves you. Please understand God wants you delivered because you ain't going to get nowhere without, without deliverance. See, he wants a broken and a contrite spirit. He wants you to walk in holiness, blameless before Him, in love. Amen? Amen. Well, that's about the gist of this weekend, or the gist of this weekend. Maybe just this weekend, eh? Say, I love you, Brother Deckard. No, oh, come on, say it again. Well, I love you. I love you enough that I came, I poured my heart out. Spent hours sitting out there listening to some of your whatevers. Got a few more to listen to. But I truly love you. I truly respect the fact that the Spirit of God has spoken to you to move you on. And I, I that, that's what drives me. The excitement of knowing that there's a new era. There's a new wineskin being poured full of new wine. And we're part of that. You are part of a grassroots movement that's going to cover the face of this earth in a few years. Now, one more thing. When's all this going to end? I'm glad you asked. We got all these people saying 2007 now. You know, the same group that said 2006 now has got a new excuse for 2007. A few of them have jumped in one a little more time of fame, so they're going to jump to 2008. That gives them an extra year in there. To, to go around and lie to people and people buy their books and tapes. But I want, I want you to know something that I told you today, and I want to share this with you as I close. This whole thing is not going to come down around our ears for a long time. The biggest reason it's not, is what I spoke to you Friday night, is God's raising this up, and if He's going to raise this up, then He's not going to shut it off because everything's going to go straight to hell because... What? From the judgments of God, the nuclear bombs exploding, all this. It's just, I mean, there could be some nuclear activity. I'm not going to tell you that. That may not happen. 
but I'm talking about the total devastation of America. Because God set me here, took me out of those precious harvest fields for me to begin to raise up a people that was going to do the great exploits on this earth in these last days. I cried out to God, and I was probably in the ministry maybe a year, maybe not a whole year. I cried out unto God, and I said, Lord God, tell me when all of this thing's going to end. Okay? I know that you said that, you're, you know, that Yeshua said that he didn't even know the time of the day, the hour. But I said, Lord God, give me some kind of an indication that I might know. And all of a sudden, the room lit up that I was in. I was praying in the room. And all of a sudden, I saw myself uh, sitting. Now, I'm all the age of about 30 years old at this time. And I am sitting on the side of a hill on a rock. I had a staff in my hand, and I know today that was the stick of Ephraim. I didn't know then. And I'm sitting on the side of that hill. I'm in a white robe, and my beard is long and very white. And I'm an old man. And the angel of the Lord spoke and said, and so shall it be. Now, I don't, you know, I don't, he didn't say, well, that, that's the way, he just said, so shall it be. But I have believed through all these years that that was the answer. I'm 61 years old. I believe that I was probably somewhere close to 90 years old. Late in the 80s, 90, I don't know. But I'm going to tell you, this thing's not going to be over until I reach at least that age. So we've got some time. See, the problem that's happening with these people that are coming up with these dates is they're taking the hope away from you. They're causing you to say, well, there's no sense in me doing that because, I mean, after all, they're saying in 2007, you know, all this, is going, all this hell is going to happen. And it's going, now, listen, listen to me. Don't let that steal your hope. Go on about your business. Go on about the goals that you have in life. Don't stop. What if I'm right? What if they're wrong? Say, what if you're wrong and they're right? Well, the fact of it is it really doesn't make any difference. The only thing that I see that all these 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 numbers that are being uh, given are, are, are just saying, well, look, we've got to do whatever we're going to do because, uh, you know, it's going to end. Is there going to be a, a great uh, a plague that's going to cross this, this, this nation? Yes, there is. But again, it's not going to cause everything to quit. The plague will come. The plague will end. All right? Millions are going to die. But the fact of it is we're still going to build this thing. Why? Folks, this is the lifeline of the church. This is all that's left of the church. Hey, thank you again so much. That's Prophet Tom Deckard, Mount Carmel, Illinois, Cradle of Hope Ministries. Again, you can get more information out at the website, www.jewishprophet.com. Get out there, do yourself a favor, find out what's going on here, and you won't be disappointed. So, again, you can also get more. All the tape series is out there on the website for you to get a hold of. I greatly encourage you to get all that. You can also email your prayer request to cradle at jewishprophet.com, and we'll be praying for your prayer request. Again, that's cradle at jewishprophet.com. Shalom. Until next week, remember, with God, all things are possible. Shema la, 
ידיים אל איך שמו נקרא. 